This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another Double Tap. It is Double Tap at the weekend. Mark Afalalalalo is going to be joining us. He's in there in the background somewhere. Uh, and we're going to be talking all about Meta Connects, recapping the big events around the metaverse and a new VR headset. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. Yes, Mark Aflalo is here. Hello, how are you? Hello, how are we doing? You know, I don't know what it is between you and Sean Priest. I don't know what it, what you guys do to mixing consoles, but between the pair yeah. of you, you seem to just destroy them. Why? Yeah, this is me apologizing ahead of time when I'm. Uh, you start seeing me but not hearing me because uh, <laughs> I hear the squeaking getting worse and worse in my headphones. It was, you know, I, I heard squeaking yesterday. I thought it was a mouse in my house, and then I realized hmm, when I turn my mixer off, that squeaking tends to stop. That's odd. Uh-oh. I'm like, hmm, I better start chopping. And then this morning I come down here and, like, the part that interfaces between my computer and the mixer, nope, doesn't work. Why would that work five minutes before I need to do something? So I, I band-aided that, and now I'm just trying to figure out, oh, let's just go buy a mixer. You can buy these anywhere. No, I've had one in repair for a year and a half because they haven't got a proper part, and getting uh, an equivalent replacement doesn't exist because they've discontinued it. So I'm like, okay, what's the closest equivalent so that I'm at least not spending a week learning how to use this new It's just, this is my life, Stephen. No you've, got, you've got a Roadcaster <laughs> Pro sitting there. Come on, get onto that. That's the future. I, I wish that was enough. <laughs> I wish that was enough for what I need. <laughs> but it, may, it might have to make do for a week or two, I'll tell you that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's just, it is the nightmare scenario, though, isn't it? When you have as much backup as you possibly can to do your job, and then you realize, actually, I don't have enough backup. I need more. So the next time, whatever you buy, buy two of them. Well, that's what I'm thinking of doing. You know, this reminds me of the, the 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 dreaded recurring nightmare that I used to have when I worked in the in the music radio business, which was the song is ending and you don't have the next one ready. Yes. Like, like anybody would care, really. So there's dead air for five seconds. But it, that was like your heart beating and you're sweating. Or like I don't, I didn't have it. I didn't. What's going on? Yeah. So this is this is me. Just you know, okay, it just won't work for a week. Do you know, case. I still I still get those dreams. I actually did have a dream <laughs> a couple of months back, and I'm on air and. At like a radio station I started at, and I remember the CD player that the, the time is running out, and I have I, it's like all the CDs are just turning to water in my hands. I can't get anything to work, and oh I'm thinking, God, what am I going to do? It's just I, I don't do that anymore. I haven't, I, you know, I don't know what I do, but I, I do this, whatever this is, and um, I don't play music, so I don't know what I was thinking about. But yeah, just dreams of the old yeah. days. How was your week other than that? Good. My, my my week was good. I'm excited. I'm excited to be talking now. I'm actually excited because we've got a guest kind of standing by mm. who's uh, become a good friend of the show, and uh, I love having a chat with him. And I don't think we have enough time. I think we need a couple more hours. Can we can we wrangle that up for this week's show? Absolutely, Mister F will be absolutely <laughs> fine with that. Uh, that's what F stands for this week. Fine, fine, exactly, um, fine. Yeah, we do have a fantastic guest with us today. And why why don't you introduce him? Because you know him better than I do. But I know he's a he's a friend of our show. Yeah, I mean, Chris Matthew, he's, he's been around uh, on our show many, many times. He's a, a fellow over at Intel right now. Uh, we've had him on talking about the Metaverse Web 3.0. Um, he's a self-proclaimed hacker and entrepreneur. He's owned and sold many businesses. And he's all around nice guy. That's why we keep bringing him back. It's not for all the other stuff. I mean, that helps, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> Chris and Matthew. He's got some pretty cool guitars hanging behind him, too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Great to have you with us, Chris. Dudes, I'm great to be here. Great to be alive, especially in this this time that we're in. There's so much cool things happening in the world. It's it's uh, good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here, and uh, welcome to the show. We are talking, of course, today about the Meta Connect event, which took place. Did you get a chance to catch it? Because I know you've been busy uh, jumping on and off private planes all week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, but yes, I, I did catch the event, and uh, man, there was a ton of ton of things talked about, released. Uh, so I'm super excited to walk through that with you guys. A lot of interesting, good, cool stuff. 
Yeah, and I want to kick off, though, with actually going back to something you said back in 2019. Now, I have to say, these days, when someone says, I want to take you back to words you said in 2019, <laughs> that usually means career is over, right? But not here, not at Double Tap. <laughs> this is not the cancel show. Um, but you you were talking at a Magic Leap event, I believe. You can clarify that for us if, if you like. But it was, it was a, an event happening back in 2019. You were talking at it, and you were talking about how converging technologies really could make, you know, really exciting new possibilities. I want to play a little bit of that video in just to give people a, a sense of what you were saying about the metaverse, about all this technology we've been talking about and hearing about at MetaConnect back then. There's this convergence happening. Like if you look at 3G, 4G, laptops, mobile devices, social networking, you know, was really fueled by, by mobile devices. Now this, this age of wearable computing. So, um, matched up with this high bandwidth, low latency, 5G edge computing capabilities all tied together, you potentially have this new era of, of compute, spatial computing. So um, what we think about, you know, the, the, the devices themselves have been very successful. The, this August, it will be one year since the devices are on the market. They're available to buy. Creators, you know, thousands of developers building really cool new spatial computing apps, both entertainment and enterprise commercial style applications. We've we've built this out saying the hardware is interesting, and we're going to continue to focus on on new sensor technology, new gestures, voice control, you know, i.e., WebRTC and other technologies. Um, so the sensors is is the core business. But when you start thinking about 5G and what else we can do with the platform, this is getting really exciting, and this is where compute started coming into play. If you think of the live stream, the live stream is this idea that you see the world, but the computer sees you. The computer is watching you interact with the world. So think about maybe being able to replay your kids' first steps or something and at the point where these are getting really light, like normal, normal glasses, that you're, everyone's wearing these things around. You'll be able to replay things, or it'll be able to attach biosensors with, with actual events, or you know, maybe, maybe medical, you know, uh, it might, might be able to unlock medical uh, uh, improvements in the future. So you were saying that in 2019. Now, I could have heard that talk last week and it would have made sense to then follow mm -hmm. up with and now let's talk about the meta connect event you were saying that years ago so you know this technology has moved on but it's not moved on quite as far as some might think yeah and, and the reason i was at magic leap was uh my previous company i built and sold five to date but the last one was um computes.com it was a decentralized distributed supercomputing platform uh, that, that uh, Magic Leap acquired. So, you know, I've been thinking, you know, about this for a long time and kind of living in, in the, the metaverse for a long time. In fact, when I worked at Magic Leap, I worked directly for a gentleman named John Gaeta, who was the five-time Academy Award-winning uh, creator of Bullet Time of the Matrix. So, Ooh. like, we about this is like, are, you know, the Matrix, like, are we building the Matrix, like, with this this metaverse that encompasses both virtual and augmented reality? I think we are. I don't know. I still can't. I'm still not sure. <laughs> you know, I saw, you know, when I was watching Mark Zuckerberg, and I always watch him with, with kind of hesitation because he just doesn't have that stage presence that some other CEOs uh, that we've become used to standing on stage has. And I, it's funny because I think the way Apple's been doing it recently has been good, you know, handing it off to different people and really kind of letting people talk about their own stuff, whereas, whereas you know, Mark doesn't really do that as much. Um, you know, I was talking to Steven afterwards, and he wasn't as impressed as I was with some of the stuff that came out there. Uh, I look at it in this really big, high-level kind of what the future is coming and how quickly it's coming at us. And I know Steven has that accessibility lens on him, and I think he's trying to figure out how to see, is it even going to work? What, what, mm -hmm. what do you, when you watch an event like that, are you kind of like me where you're looking at, oh, my God, this is cool, it's finally coming? Or how do you kind of look at it? So both, you know, there's, uh, I think me and a lot of people, there's a trust issue with Facebook. There's been so much, you know, yeah. is issues of them selling your content or your data and hacks. And so I, at one point I, I watch everything with this kind of wall of 
of uh, trust or distrust, like we you know, like like you were just mentioning. But but you can't refuse the 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 notion that they are spending billions of dollars to advance the the metaverse capabilities and market and technologies and. Uh, they're doing some fascinating things, whether you trust them or not. So it's it's from a tech perspective uh, and even accessibility perspective, you know, like to Stephen's point, they are doing some very interesting things with, with regard to accessibility. Uh, it was a fascinating uh, uh, announcement and keynote. Yeah, you talk about the trust there, and I found it interesting, and I think this might even be an acknowledgement of that, was having Satya Nadella on for Microsoft really, I think, helps legitimize it a little bit more because you know Microsoft has HoloLens. Everybody knows they have it. Well, so, they Well, they, they still do. <laughs> yeah. They still do. It's just a more business-focused device. Yeah. yeah. And they market it like that, and they use it like that, and it's used in places like Mercedes and the medical and all that stuff. So they really are helping. They're actually almost helping Meta slash Facebook um, kind of position themselves in the consumer space when it comes to that augmented reality vision. And I thought it was a vote of confidence almost having Satya Nadella on there because it just lend, lended a little bit of legitimacy in my mind, at least. Well, I think it was, you know, I, I can't remember what the inflection point was, but uh, say five or eight years ago, it felt like Facebook was finally too big to fail. Like, you know, once you get like two thirds of the world's population all interconnected, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you reach this, this point of, of no return and, and maybe, you know, Microsoft is at the point now where they're like, there's so much momentum here, so much money being invested here. Uh, some of the announcements, you know, we can touch on a, a few things. Um, Microsoft mentioned that uh, you'll be able to run Teams, you know, their, their biggest communications platform inside of Facebook's metaverse. And they, they went beyond that. They, they said also all of Microsoft Office products uh, or will be or either are or will shortly be working inside of uh, Facebook's or Meta's uh, Metaverse platform too. Let's let's That's actually a, hear a little it, bit from the event on this because uh, this is uh, featuring Satya Nadella, Mark Zuckerberg, and of course other members of the Meta team as well, talking about how work can really implement this kind of technology. Work is really the next major category of experiences that we want to unlock to bring VR to the next level. Yeah, one of the challenges for distributed work is how to bring people together to interact in a shared space. If a few people are in a conference room and a few more are dialing in, the experience is just never really that great. So we're building a better way using everything Quest Pro brings to the table. And we call it Magic Room. It lets you meet in mixed reality and share the same right. space. You can use a whiteboard, bring in 3D objects. Everyone is present and has the same tools, whether they're in full VR or in mixed reality. We think that this will help hybrid teams collaborate, and we're hoping to ship this next year. Microsoft has been at the heart of work and computing since the earliest days. And they're one of the many companies across our industry that are now building the future of the metaverse. And as Quest Pro makes new kinds of work possible in VR, I'm really excited to be able to work with them. So to talk more about this, I'm here with Microsoft's chairman and CEO, Satya Nadella. At Microsoft, uh, we're incredibly excited about the metaverse and how digital and physical worlds are coming together and transforming everything from telehealth to remote maintenance to gaming. And of course, the way we do work. Uh, we're taking an approach to ensure that our software can benefit users on all their favorite devices. And that's why we are bringing Microsoft Teams immersive meeting experience to MetaQuest uh, in order to give people new ways to connect with each other. Uh, you can connect, share, collaborate as though you were together in person. Uh, and in the future, you'll be able to use other avatars, including Meta avatars in immersive experiences in Teams meetings too. Uh, just think about how powerful whiteboarding or brainstorming or even Teams meetups uh, can be in this space. So now you can hate Microsoft Teams in a whole new way. I like it. You know what? Personal way. Yeah. <laughs> this is where this is where Stephen and I differ. We had a conversation, with Chris, after the after the event. What was what was the word you? What was the phrase you said, Stephen? You're like, great. Now I can become a cartoon and I can be a Simpsons. Yeah, I can character, live inside right? the Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, I just I can I, live inside the Simpsons. I, th I think it's it's partly because I look at this and I think, first off, I mean, you know, it's hard enough to get a Lenovo laptop in your office these days. 
you know, and they're going to go out and shell out $1,500 on a headset so that everyone can not be in the office together. I just don't see it. Tell me. I don't know. I, 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 I so, think he's wrong. <laughs> well, so, I mean, I, I use a MacBook and I'm, I'm using the top line, top end, you know, M2. I, I think it was a $3,000 plus dollar machine. So, yeah, I think that's the normal mm. cost of, of compute. And if you, if you, at the end, at the very end, so there's some there's some interesting strategy nuggets in in what Mark delivered uh, that you got to really pay attention to. At the very end of the keynote, he was talking about um, about about the the Oculus uh, being the future of compute. Like like you know they've gone as far as saying they used to. I, I do this already. Like I have uh, colleagues. We meet sometimes in, in meta workrooms. It's an all in VR. You're an avatar, and you're you're you. It's got spatial audio, so you, it feels like someone's sitting right next to you or across from the table from you. There's whiteboard collaboration in VR, so it's pretty interesting. But you get one monitor in front of your your uh, computer, so you actually still use your your laptop, your Mac, or, or whatever you're using. And then instead, it, then it pipes the screen from your your screen into uh, the VR screen. So now you've got this giant screen in in VR. They've they've extended it to three. So now you've got three um, of giant VR uh, screen. And, and and if you look at listen to that nugget at the end, he was talking about that being the future of computing no longer pcs is is was his his uh inference into there so he's making some jumps in his mind that that you'll be able to just bring a lap uh, maybe maybe even your operating system might even be in the cloud like with what citrix and vmware yeah. do like uh vdi and maybe you just need a keyboard and and your 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 oculus for a plane ride and you've got you know all three big machine you know big you're in a world sitting in your seat and you've got three three <laughs> giant screens i'm, I'm so mindful chris of the of the video i saw once of a guy on a plane sitting with a 27 inch imac wedged into the, the table <laughs> in front of him I've and i'm seen thinking that too. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe this is a better way to do it I, i'm just i'm hoping that satya nadella you know dropped out of that team's call uh before they started saying all that you know considering the microsoft event just the day before um so, you know, I don't think it's the end of the surface yet, but you're right. It is moving towards something. We're moving towards a new style of computing, and it does enable a lot more, doesn't it? Because, you know, essentially you can create anything in a virtual space. We, we had touched on this briefly before we started recording, but if you think about it, you know, over the years of, of compute, we've gone closer and closer and closer and closer to our face. So PCs were about... Oh you know, two feet in front of us, then the mobile generation came out. Now they're about a foot in front of us. Now with all the the headsets, you know, it's an inch in front of us. So truly immersive. And you're right, like on a plane, you can be sitting watching a Netflix show on a hundred foot, you know, screen in front of you in a virtual living room, you know, and you, you escape that that horrible little little airplane seat for a couple of hours. I, I was, you know, I, I think back and I think about, you know, the headsets that are out today and there's still this physical barrier, which is the weight of this thing on your head. And I know we're going to get to a place where they're just going to be a set of glasses that you throw on your face. Oh, he's holding the, yeah. are those, are yeah, those look pretty ancient. I'm not sure no, if those have a they, much battery capacity not, in there. I'm a time traveler. These are, these are my You are a time traveler. That's true. <laughs> He's holding up a pair of just regular specs. But, but I mean, but you know, how people speculate that the Apple glasses that we've been hearing about are going to work a lot like these AirPods. They'll have like a little case of their own. You'll be able to drop your, your glasses into a little battery charging case and millions of people will rush out and buy those things. I bought the Meta, the, the, the Pro, like I, before they even finished the keynote, I saw purchasing was available. <laughs> so I hit order. But you know what? I do it because I'm in this business. I yeah. do it because I'm yeah. in this business and I'm super keen and interested to see all the stuff he talked about at the end that's not going to be available for who knows how long. That's the stuff I want to see. Now that I know yeah. someone else, by the way, who meets in in virtual spaces, you're going to have to walk. We're going to have to start having interviews in virtual VR. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Be cool. Well, look, let's, let's talk about the hardware because the Quest Pro was announced and here is what was announced at the Meta event this week. 
Quest Pro is the first in our new line of advanced headsets, built to expand what's possible in VR. It takes what people love about Quest 2 and adds a bunch of new technologies to help you do more in the metaverse. It's made for collaboration and creativity. It delivers more expression and a deeper feeling of connection than any other technology. With mixed reality built in, it lets you do things that just haven't even been possible before. It's all in a beautiful design that's comfortable to wear. So whether you're looking to work in a new way or if you just want the very best experience that's available today, Quest Pro sets the standard. Quest Pro is our sleekest form factor yet with a super thin set of lenses at the front and our first ever curved cell battery at the back to give it a perfect balance. Yeah, it feels great from the moment that you put it on. Right. We wanted to ensure a seamless transition from the physical world to the virtual. So our new headset design with this open periphery lets you see the physical room you're in. You can quickly jot down a note, grab something on your desk, or just be aware of what's happening around you. But you can also use Quest Pro's magnetic light blockers for a more immersive experience whenever you like. We've also redesigned the whole optical stack to make it better than anything we've shipped before. The new pancake lenses work by folding light over several times and let us make the display 40% thinner compared to Quest 2. The new lenses aren't just thinner. They also put more pixels in the center, giving you sharper, clearer visuals, which makes reading text a whole lot easier. Yeah, and the LCD displays have 37% more pixels per inch than Quest 2. And thanks to our new local dimming technology, 75% more contrast with richer and more vibrant colors that just make VR even more engaging. Mmm, pancakes. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Slightly <laughs> distracted. <laughs> I was oh, off after wow. that. I ordered 15 pancakes, not a Quest Pro. Um, but it does sound like I, interesting hardware, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like I got a couple, a couple of things you mentioned there. Number one, it feels comfortable from the moment you put it on. They don't talk about the 10 minutes later after you've had it on. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. how comfortable is it after 10 minutes of being sitting on your head? That's number one. Number two is... Aren't we done with LCD technology? Like, aren't we on to like, uh, you know, mini OLED and uh, a little, I mean, I have a pair mm. of, of, of not virtual reality, but the, my latest DJI drone has the DJI goggles and the, the resolution of those screens blew my mind and talk about a small form factor. I mean, I guess we're, are we still limited by just the hardware they need to fit into this package? Is that what's happening here? It's always going to get smaller and faster. Like it's, you know, Moore's Law, things are going to get smaller and faster every generation. There's, there's two or three interesting things that caught my, my eye in, in, this, in the hardware announcement. Um, one, if you look at the shape, the form factor of it, it looks almost exactly like a HoloLens. Yes. It's got the front and the back and the batteries on the back. It has the same form factor as a HoloLens which was interesting. Uh, secondly, it is a lot thinner, a lot more higher resolution. And, you know, maybe with that battery pack on the back, maybe it, it even lasts even longer. That's interesting. The biggest news about it, though, is he, he just kind of touched on it. And he, in his demos, they, they go into more detail, is the mixed reality. So yes. up until now, it's only been virtual reality. What mixed reality means is it's it's now competing head to head with the Hololens and the Magic Leap Two. Those are both mixed reality. So AR, augmented reality, is just just overlaying thing, digital content in the real world. Um, augmented reality, kind of like Pokemon Go. Mixed reality means that there's sensors in front that understand the room, understand that there's a table here, that there's a couch over there. And my content can walk around the couch and sit at the table, like so. It's this con this it's this awareness of digital content, uh, content's awareness of your physical space. So that's huge news at half the price, half the price of a Hololens. Yeah, and that's what brings this into the accessibility space, right? Having that mixed reality, that awareness of the space around you. This is where the opportunities for accessibility and to actually help people who need yes. help might have a, a use case that makes sense. Right, Stephen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get into that because there was a project mentioned at the event I want to talk about, which kind of leads into what the future of all of this could be moving away from 
what is currently available and what even was currently announced. So uh, we'll get to that. Stick around. This is Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yeah, Stephen and Mark with you today, along with a special guest, Chris Matthews, joining us. And uh, we're talking all about the latest technology that is out there today and that has come out uh, from the Meta Connect event, latest tech in VR. Uh, you bought it, Mark. Now, I know you say you bought it for the show and you bought it for the work you do. Um, that's why I buy all my tech. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> I, know, I know that's what you tell your wife. But look, between us, between friends, why did you yeah. buy this thing? What is the hook here? Because my, because my kids uh, use my Quest and my Quest 2 and I never get my hands on it. So I finally want one for myself. No, I'm just curious. I'm curious about the mixed reality element of it. I've always... Like, you know, I got LASIK done six, seven years ago, and uh, my, the biggest annoyance of that was, oh, I'm not going to be able to wear these, you know, augmented reality glasses down the road. Thankfully, I guess my, or thankfully or not thankfully, um, I now have to wear glasses again because that's uh, degrading a bit thanks to age. So uh, I'll get to throw those on again. But I just, you know, it's just that next evolution in technology. You know, the wearables thing is great. I love my Apple Watch. Uh, you know, it's 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 now shelved some of my really expensive watches that just look there and collect dust. Mm-hmm. I love I love tech. I just love it. And to see this, if I can get my hands on something like this, and even like Hololens, like I haven't ever had a chance to really use Hololens. Uh, and even though it's really kind of business focused, I really just want to play with technology like that and see what can be done because it sparks my imagination. You know, it gives me ideas of things. I mean, just thinking of this space we're in, this podcasting and this video podcasting space, there is a play for this in the metaverse and in Web 3.0 and in in augmented and virtual reality. There is a play there that no one's really going after yet. And, uh, you know, it, I love just sparking sparking my imagination. And this does it for me. Hey, so before we jump to another topic, I want to connect the dots that we we talked about a minute ago with what we're talking about now. A minute ago, we showed a video that that Mark was calling Magic Room. It was you in your real, in your physical room with people teleporting into your space as mixed reality characters. So that's the inverse of what we talked about at the beginning with the virtual reality workrooms. So in virtual reality workrooms, everyone can just jump, teleport, and meet in a virtual office and like interact as avatars. This is bringing the avatars and your colleagues into your living room. So think about that for a minute. It's teleportation with a combination of VR and and MR, mixed reality. How does that work? You know, so I have a Quest Pro, let's say. I'm in my office. Is it just projecting what I see to the other people in terms of the space? How does it map that room so that everybody else who's there feels like they're in the whole space because there's no cameras behind me? Yeah. So, um, what what you'll be one of the things they announced was uh, personal rooms, uh, personal spaces. So you'll be able to like define a space, uh, you know that that's your your home or your office. And I've already seen developers already experimenting with this. They can say, "There's a real couch over there. I'm going to go ahead and put a virtual couch the same size in its spot." So, it's like, like create you, the you space like, almost virtually. Like remap it yes. in the virtual space so that other people can experience exactly. it. So you with your Quest 2, you go to Chris's personal space, and if you sit on the couch, I see you sitting on the same couch. couch. It's trippy. It's trippy. Yeah. It's amazing. But it's it's amazing. This is, this, Stephen, there's this, There's your reason. This is why I got this. I know. This I mean, because, I, yeah. I, think, I think if I'm honest, guys, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm jealous. That's the truth of it, because I kind of wish visually I could really experience this. I, I've got, I had got the Quest 2. That's the latest one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I got that to try. I thought, right, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to try it. There was a store that I'd gone into, and they had marked it down by like half price by accident. <laughs> and I managed to get it before they noticed. Uh, and then, you know, because I thought that this is really weird why this would be half price, but they just didn't know really what it was, I think. Someone just slapped a label on it. And, you know, I am Scottish, so I will absolutely find a bargain and I will take it. Uh, so yeah, I got it half price, and and actually, you know what? Uh, there were certain things I wanted to do with it, like drive my little truck in my truck game, and it was kind of cool. But you know, I just visually couldn't keep up with it. But I think there is so much more that this can do, 
Uh, and obviously, I think we're all drawn to sound. We all think about 3D spatial sound. Yeah. But there's a lot more to this. And they actually did allude to that at the event. Uh, and I want to bring this up because as well as talking about the VR, as you were saying earlier, Mark, they were talking about the future, about what is after this. And obviously, one of the aims is to try and get this down to what Chris has there, right? A pair of regular glasses that just look and feel like regular glasses. And they've kind of started that journey with Ray-Ban. Now, for people who don't know Chris, maybe you could explain a bit more about this with the Ray-Ban connection and what it is they've been doing to date with that. Yeah, so they've been doing more audio than than visual uh, with the Ray-Ban so far. But there are cameras like on on the two uh, uh, arm posts of of the the glasses that can uh, let you film video or film or take photos of things you know easily. Like swiping the the. It's very similar to like what Google Glasses were doing, like you know, a decade ago. Yeah. Um, but it, it also connects with Spotify, so you can listen to music all from a pair of glasses on wow. your face. And, Sorry. and so <laughs> if you think about it, though, they're just doing, big, you know, they have an opportunity to do basic Pokemon style um, uh, augmented reality today. But you can just think about iterations of those things and, and coming at this from both angles, like the, the Quest Pro on one side, fully AR, VR, MR and VR. And then the, the, the Ray-Bans coming at it from the AR side, they're going to meet in the middle at, at some point in the not-too-distant future. And that's well, linked, yeah. well, just to ask, is that linked through Project Aria? That's the, is that the project that's behind this whole thing? I, I, I'm not positive, but I believe that's true. Okay, because that's, this is the project that they've been working on, and there's a location app that uh, Facebook have been working on, sorry, Meta have been working on, and um, they showcase this. They showcase the work they've been doing so far, working with this project and trying to create a, an experience to allow disabled people, blind people in particular, uh, to be able to know where they are in space, uh, usually indoors, which is one area, which we're going to be talking about soon on Double Tap TV. Uh, it's a really difficult area to to map out because it's an area that's either changing or it can't be mapped very easily. And even if it does get mapped, then those maps get out of date. How do you resolve that? Here's a project they showcased uh, at the Meta event that could help. For years, I've gotten around with the assistance of my guide dog, Flirt. I love and depend on her dearly, but a guide dog is not a navigation system. Juice bar is on your right. Navcog can change that. There is a ramp, 140 feet. What we're working on is a turn-by-turn assistive technology that we've developed at Carnegie Mellon University. We teamed up with Reality Labs and Meta and started using their Project Aria research glasses to build a 3D map of the Pittsburgh International Airport. The maps help the user figure out where they are without having to rely so heavily on external beacons. This is huge because it makes NAVCOG scalable. NAVCOG gives me the freedom to go where I need to go. You have arrived. It really helps me regain my independence. All right, so this is a great example of how, you know, when you're building these systems that are oriented around people and how we experience the world, it opens up all of these new avenues to help us do more. Because it turns out that the things that you need to do to model reality, like being able to sense the world around you and understand the context for how it all fits together, that's the same thing that you need to augment human capabilities too. Macular degeneration runs in my family, so I may actually be using the fruits of this research myself one day. Helping the hearing impaired is also on the horizon. And that's another thing that runs in my family. I didn't set out to build glasses for my future self, but it does seem to be working out that way. Now, that is one area which I think is really exciting. and We'll talk about that. But, you know, let's talk about that project and how that is working today. Uh, I mean, even, you know, although this is something very much in the future, the technology is here today to do a lot of that and that kind of Navigation indoors is something that really can make a difference to people. But you know, now that you mentioned the Project Aria, if you looked at hit the form factor, uh, all he had were some lidar uh, sensors on, exactly, on the, yeah. the form, easily adaptable to the Ray-Ban project. That's what excites me about the Ray-Ban connection. There is that you know they're showing you what they're what they're really the story they're telling you without telling you is that we've partnered with people who really know what they're doing here. Yes, we're doing our own research and development, but you don't trust us anymore. So look, Ray-Ban trusts us. They're working with us. Mike, but it's true. That's yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the that's uh, the unimplied 
you know, result of what they did. You know, Microsoft trusts us and they have HoloLens, so they know we're not competing with them, but we're going to leverage them. Ray-Ban or Luxottica designs all the glasses for everybody in the world. So we're going to make something that looks really sexy. Oh, and by the way, um, you know, it's just LiDAR at the end of the day. It's like, I mean, you could take your iPhone almost and power anybody who wants to go and map a space. Just like the Google, you know, the street view, you know, cars that are roaming our streets around the world. It's not going to be hard to say, okay, guys, throw on that backpack and now walk through indoor spaces and map it. How long will it take to map every space in the world? For them, probably a couple of years. But Stephen, like this is the potential, you know, for for the accessibility and the low vision. And, and as I said, the hearing impaired, anybody who needs to navigate a space and just can't do it on their own. The, this is akin to some of the products we talk about on the TV show sometimes to a whole new level. It's a digital walking game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what really stands out is the, the, the capabilities there with this technology, but it's it's really key that we make it that it's accessible to all. Because, you know, like that guy says in the video, you know, we're creating technology for our future selves. Now, that's true. That means that in future, if that person ended up with macular degeneration, which is one of the leading causes of sight loss in this world, um, then you would be able to still navigate your environment. You would still be able to use the, the technology you already do. I mean, you know, we see that with the computers we have today. They all have built-in accessibility. The phones have built-in accessibility tools to help you at any stage of vision or hearing or motor dexterity, whatever issue you may have. And that's really important that that continues into the metaverse, Chris. I hate to be Dr. Evil here, but but I got to <laughs> throw this out. Um, if you think about it, uh, your phones and your glasses, all of these work in tandem. You, you've got your they've got your location, your GPS. You've got now LIDAR where you're you're able to do like like uh, real time mapping of, of uh, spaces. You've got photo capabilities, you know, with the cameras to be able to like like add photogrammetry like in with with the LIDAR. Um, there's this thing called the AR cloud or the XR cloud that a lot of people have been thinking about. And you can think about it as a, um, uh, 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 a digital pinning service for digital content. So what will happen next? They aren't saying this, but w with those technologies combined, they'll be able to start placing real world advertising persistently in the world that everyone will be able to see because they've got all the ingredients. They've got visual positioning systems, uh, uh, GPS, and LiDAR to say, here's a digital Starbucks sign that needs to go right above the, the, the Starbucks location. And for an extra dollar, a user will blink it or something to get your attention or, or remind you that, that it's time for a coffee break as you're just walking around with regular glasses. I'm okay with that. I, if it's possible for them to deliver the coffee to me, in that space, <laughs> like if I can just nod at it or something, then I'm all for that. I mean, you know, Mark, you're yeah. always driving to the drive-through to get, you know, whatever it is. You just you want it from more of you. my Starbucks, yeah. Yeah, you just get <laughs> it right just, here in front of you. So one thing we didn't talk about, but yeah, you'll be able to wink, and and that'll be like clicking yes. on the OK button. So what they did mention with the glasses, there's a lot more with the pros. There's uh, there's now sensors that are looking inside of at your eyes. Yeah. So now it's detecting, it's able to detect eyebrow movements, every sort of eye like uh, gesture, your smiles. So they're moving into this beyond uncanny valley of avatars that you can um, do a quick scan of your face and it creates a real facial avatar. And if you smile with the headset on, it will mimic the exact wink, smile, eye, one eyebrow raise, one not, like whatever you're doing with your face and apply I'm it. raising my eyebrows to, now at that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's but the other this doctor, goes back to This goes back to, well, exactly, yeah. But this goes back to what you were saying earlier. And you, and you said in your talk in 2019 that technology is now watching us in order to yes. advance. And that's kind of also what they talked about with artificial yeah. intelligence because what they're talking about and what kind of led up to that whole project um, with with the Ray-Ban glasses was that they're developing the technology that can assess our movements. That means if we were playing a game, we wouldn't actually have to have a controller. We would just be able to move our hands. And the way we move our hands, each of us, is different. So the technology has to be able to accommodate that. And it does that by learning 
about us. So it's, it's just this technology learning about who we are in order to to progress. Chris, why you do you do think that they're now. yeah? Why do you Go think ahead. they're previewing this stuff now? Why do you think they're showing us this? Because most companies will keep this really close to the chest, right? I, I think they're showing it. So at the very end, uh, Mark talked about how he wants this to be an open ecosystem. Everyone's kind of like rolling their eyes every time he says it. But they are releasing like um, uh, iOS SDKs, Android SDKs to start using or integrating some of that tech into third-party apps. So I think he's trying to get an ecosystem built out where where you know not only not only like the Microsofts of the world, which by the way he did announce Zoom Zoom integration yes, into yeah. um, their VR workrooms, and they also uh, uh, had an Autodesk announcement. Autodesk partnering with like 3D capture and things where we can we can like 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 scan a, a coffee mug and share it and talk about it together and yeah. rotate it and like treat it like a real mm. object in, in virtual space. So yeah, that's gonna, that's going to blow up product design and, and collaboration on that side of things. Well, and then the avatars, we're just talking about full body avatars now that yeah. to a Stevens point doing AI to detect, you know, how your legs are moving. They do now, you can put the controllers down and put your hands in front of you and you yep, see I, your that. you. Um, but they also advertised uh, a marketplace for avatar clothing. I don't know if you saw that, but they're yeah, saying all the big brands are coming. You will buy Nike sneakers for your avatar, whatever, and a whole new virtual goods uh, 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 marketplace. I, I just want to ask you, Chris, will I be able to still buy my supermarket uh, T-shirts in the virtual store? Of is, that, is that possible? Walmart. I'm sure Walmart will be in there, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I want to pick up on this thing about the avatars because um, I, I'm bemused by this whole thing, but there was something that, that stood out that I thought was quite interesting. But before that, I want to pick up on the, the point you've just made. Uh, the one thing which has baffled these boffins, I guess, for quite a while, legs. There's one more feature coming soon that's probably the most requested feature on our roadmap. Legs. <laughs> Legs. I know you have been waiting for this. I think everyone has been waiting for this. But seriously, the legs are hard, which is why other virtual reality systems don't have them either. And the perceptual science behind this is actually quite interesting. And we discovered early on that your brain is a lot more willing to accept a rendering of a part of you as long as it's accurately positioned. But if it's rendered in the wrong place, then it just feels terrible and it breaks the whole feeling of presence and immersion. So that's why we started off showing just controllers, but not your whole arms. Yeah, if the system showed my elbow in the wrong place, it would feel like my arm was broken. Yeah, but as we got better at tracking and predicting your arm position, then we can add your whole arms to the avatar stack in addition to your hands. And now we're doing the same with legs. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, I don't really know what to say, but apparently that's the thing we can look forward to in the future. Having legs! It's amazing. I saw Meta Meta tweeted out a tweet yesterday. All it said was legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was there was something we stood out here that I thought was more interesting than the legs themselves, and and that is the way that people are using these avatars. Now I must admit I've often felt it just a little bit of a gimmick and a little bit crazy. And of course with the idea of you know now having them in Zoom with integration there and with other platforms as well. You know who would use this? But then there was a point made, and I thought, no, you know, I could get behind this. A lot of us don't like being on camera, okay? We don't always like putting our, our camera on in meetings. A lot of blind people don't like it because, you know, they feel they don't know if they're looking at the camera, you know, they don't know if they're, they're on screen properly. So to avoid all that, you know, can we just have the camera off? Avatars solve that because you can stick a, you know, dinosaur in front of your face or whatever it is you decide to identify as being. Um, and, you know, that's it. You can just be that for the course of the meeting. I mean, I'd have to come up with the most ridiculous possible avatar in order to really stand out, I think. But, you know, I, I guess these things are meant to look like you, I guess. That's the whole point, right? But, you know, it, it's a good way well, to it's a good way to think about it, actually. It's, it's a different way. I'm going to start coming to meetings dressed as Neo from The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you could. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you well, could. that's going to be the thing. It's going to be the new fashion show, right? Who's showing up in what outfit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you'll have to go buy the latest uh, outfits you know, to look different on different days. I mean, Great. I, so now I, I bought the headset and I'm going to buy clothing for it. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, do, you do you have to, I mean, just, just to get this in my head, 
I feel very old around this kind of stuff, but are we, are we suggesting that you'll buy clothing in the metaverse? So you'll buy virtual yes, clothing? Yes, yes. You, you know, Stephen doesn't have kids, so this is what he doesn't realize, is that my kids do that now. They spend money, cash, in Roblox, oh, yeah. in Minecraft. Yeah. They're buying yeah, little skin. square pieces yeah. of color for real yep. money. Yep. What? Real money? So imagine yeah. you could buy a Rolex for your avatar, you know? But, you know, yeah. not just a Rolex, but like a super detailed or an Apple Watch or, or the new yeah. new Yeezys. You won't be paying $200 for them. You'll probably be paying, you know, 20 But that's still $20 for nothing. You're literally paying for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's refuse like. Actually, just, there oh. was an article I saw a couple of weeks ago that of Gucci. Someone paid more for the digital Gucci purse for their avatar than they did oh. the real purse in real life. Well, so, oh, and Lord. this, you know what? So you talk about connecting the dots earlier, right? This is the connection of NFTs yeah. and, and mm. value. This is where they're going to go crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not just, it's not, you know, we, we thought about, okay, I draw, I draw something on a napkin, great. But now because of things like this and because of where this is going, that's when the, the, it's going to just absolutely explode. Well, and they've already introduced NFTs to Facebook and Instagram. They're calling them digital collectibles. Yeah. Hey, there, there was one more accessibility thing I just wanted to just touch on real fast in those mm. announcements. Um, they called it neural UI. And it was this concept where it was a, a, a wrist type uh, sensor and it, it, it detected not even movement, but like intention of movement in your, in your fingers. So for what I'm, I can't, I can't help think about like uh, for, for people that are paralyzed they were showing a, a game where the guy was uh, moving his character left and right, and his hands were sitting on the table, and you couldn't see, you know, they were looking for any type of, like, pulse to, like, this finger or that finger, and it was he was playing a game without moving his hands, just from this wrist sensor that was just detecting mind, you know, uh, pulses controlled to, to limbs. Yeah, I mean, it, and we're seeing a little bit of that coming through with, I mean, the Apple Watch has this now with the assistive touch features where you can literally just, you know, put two fingers together and it will consider, the watch will consider that an action. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that's incredible how that, you know, and I have to say that that feels very futuristic when you do that. Yeah. Although it never works the way you want it to, especially when you demo it to someone. It never works. But, you know, <laughs> it was hanging up on people or calling people you didn't want to. Um, but but it is incredible how far they've come and and. It shows how actually how incredible the technology is already. Uh, you know, th this stuff is really not that far off. It it, did you feel, I mean, I know you're in this world, Chris, so it probably doesn't, but, you know, to me, it all felt just very much future. I could see this in 15, 20 years being a reality. But well, when do you think we're going to actually see this? Or are you telling me we're living in it now and I just don't realize it? Yeah, we're living in it now. Um, <laughs> I, I, what I noticed, the inflection point, is when Facebook changed their name to Meta, that that triggered the world that that there's there's new money flowing into the the r d and the tech and that's when i saw a land rush you know in in the developer community and companies you know trying to understand what's their metaverse strategy and uh i think that that ignited this this faster iteration of iteration that's happening uh just from that that uh event yeah mark what was your biggest takeaway from it uh, $2,500 Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Out of my pocket? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm so excited for technology like this to really become mainstream or at least become acceptable to wear out there. Um, and I'm, uh, yeah, it just excites me. It just excites me, whether it's Facebook or for Meta or what another company, like I just, get it into consumer hands so that we can really experience it so that it can grow because it needs to get in. And this is what it's happening is it's getting to a consumer. Listen, it's, it's about the same price as an iPhone, right? So it's getting to a consumer acceptable price point. And once, you know, when people come over to my house and they try the quest Two, they go out and they say, okay, this is what I want for Christmas. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what snowballs. And as, as fast as that can happen, uh, it just gets more exciting. And I'm just super excited for it. It's just amazing. Cross the work. Yeah, I think from the accessibility point of view, there's a huge amount of work going on in the background. I mean, it's not just with Meta, but there are companies out there. There's the XR project, which is ongoing at the minute, really trying to find new ways to to make these experiences 
enjoyable by all. And I think for a lot of us, and one thing that really stood out for me was, and at first I kind of laughed when they said it, when they said, oh, we're bringing the metaverse to the desktop and the mobile. And I thought, hang on, that's a bit of a slip slide backwards, is it not? But actually, when you think about it, actually that's brilliant. Because if we're able to bring the metaverse to, say, the iPhone, and then you've got your AirPods in, you're in the metaverse audibly. So suddenly yep. it does make it more accessible. And that's, I think, the way to think about it, right? And I think for a lot of people like myself, that's how we'll experience the metaverse. But having that with the controllers, the ability to move through space, it's going to be great. I can fall around in real in, in virtual space as well as in real space. Brilliant. Fall downstairs anywhere now. You've just uh, dissected Apple's marketing plan. So you've already paid $1,500 for the phone. You've already paid a few hundred for the AirPods. Uh, You'll do another $1,500 for the glasses. And it's that ecosystem of compute and spatial audio and uh, visual that that all works together. So you won't go out and spend five grand on a pair of uh, a device. You've already got all the components. Well, that's the final final question I want to ask you is when do you think we're going to see something like this from Apple? Uh, I keep hearing it's next year, but I don't think it'll be this farm factor yet. I think that they're gonna they're gonna announce something kind of cool, probably very much Quest Pro esque. That's uh, MR and VR, and I think they're they're it's a race. It's a race to you know what will everyone wear all day long every day. Yeah, we hear, you know we hear all the time that Apple's never never really in that race. They're always kind of waiting to see what other people do. Do you think that's, that's true? true? That is absolutely yeah. true. They're masters at that strategy. Yeah. Chris, thank you and so much for coming do, on. No, you go. Everyone Please. wants it. Yeah. yeah. yeah when of they course. do, everyone wants it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thank you hey. so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy getting on and off those private planes. I'm not jealous. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been a lot of fun. It's been my pleasure. Thank you all very much, too. I love I loved chatting with you guys about this stuff. And don't forget, guys, you can get in touch with the show as well. All the details you'll find in the show notes. And, of course, you can find us every single weekday as well here on AMI-audio and on podcast. Have a great weekend, guys. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. The Walrus is Canada's conversation and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.